Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, this podcast is all about demystifying and simplifying the world of dressage, whether that's competing, training, the technical jargon, we simplify it all to make it all make sense and super easy to understand. And we also give you loads of tips and tricks and exercises that you can use in your training with your horse. In this episode, we are on to our second of our troubleshooting series. This is where you guys are able to send in questions about a certain topic and we pick two or three to answer. This week we are talking about the walk and I picked it this week after having a discussion with one of my clients about how it's so easy to forget about the walk. We do it to give our horse a walk break or to warm them up at the beginning, but do we dedicate as much time to training the walk as we do the trot and the canter? I think most people, if we're being honest, would probably say no. And so this is why we're going to have a look at the walk today. And we have three questions all about the walk. One is about a tense and lateral walk. One is about a slow or lazy walk. And one is about the quality of the walk. So how to know when you've got a good walk. So if you enjoy this episode, please do make sure you share it. You can do this by taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media and you can tag us in it too to let us know what you think you can find us at decomplicating dressage on both instagram and facebook so the first question we have then is from holly and she says me and my boy jazz have been competing at novice bd level for a year now During the medium walk, my horse can become tense, especially in tests. I've had comments from judges saying that his walk is lateral. I've tried to Google, but I'm still none the wiser about what this actually means. My trainer says there isn't anything wrong with his walk, and I think it's because he never gets tense at home or in my lessons at my trainer's yard. He's been there quite a lot and he feels very comfortable there. 
I'm not sure what is wrong with our walk that is getting us such low marks apart from the tension and I have no clue what to do to fix this lateral walk. Okay, so I feel like we're starting off on one that has a lot to cover, but that's great. So I think many of us can relate to having a horse that gets tense in the walk. A lot of horses do it. And if a horse gets tense, you can feel and you can see that their back becomes stiff and it becomes tight and their neck just tends to freeze and you can see all those muscles are like held really tight and so to fix this we need to release those muscles and supple them up so anything that can get your horse moving and bending is perfect leg yields shoulder ins travers rhombus all perfect and this is because it gets them moving their body and their neck and their muscles and it gets everything stretched out and supple and soft. Now the problem is when you're in a test obviously you're being judged on the quality of your walk so you can't do a random leg yield or a random travers halfway through your test but a little bit of shouldering or rhombus can be perfect because you can ride it in a very subtle way that gets you enough bend in that body to help with the suppleness and to kind of release those muscles but it's also not so obvious that the judge is going to see it so that's a really good way if you find that your horse gets tense in the walk in a test but a lateral walk is when things get complicated because it can be an extension of that tension so it can be that a horse fixes their back to the point that their legs just start to pace And for those that aren't sure, a lateral walk is basically when both legs on one side move at the same time, which means that the horse doesn't walk in the four beat rhythm that we want. And because we know that rhythm is obviously the first scale of training, it's kind of the first thing that the judges look at when they look at the walk. So they're looking for that rhythm and they're looking for the regularity in that four beat walk. But a horse can also go lateral if they get behind the leg or behind the contact or both and they can get a bit kind of stuck. And this problem tends to happen because people haven't trained the walk enough. So they've taught their horse to be in front of the leg with transitions and they focused on creating a really elastic and even contact. But they've only done this in the trot and the canter and so many people kind of get into this problem because we focus so much on the quality of the trot and the quality of the canter and then we kind of look at the walk and just kind of think that's it like this is the walk that I've got and I can't change it and I just kind of have to sit it out and it's my breathing time in the free walk and that's kind of all you do but you should always feel an even connection down the rein and you should always be able to ride your horse into a soft frame And you should always be able to ask for left or right flexion. If you can't do this in the walk, then this is where your problem is coming from. Because that says that you don't have the contact, you don't have the impulsion and you don't have the suppleness that you need for a good walk. But for Holly, it sounds a lot more like tension, especially as she says it doesn't happen at home, but only in a test. Now, whether that's because she gets tense or the horse gets tense there's definitely something going on 
And it would be really interesting to know. I don't think she says, but it'd be really interesting to know if it happens in the warm up too, as that's always like the first step is can you get a good quality walk in the warm up and then can you get it in the test? So it'd be very interesting to see if that's if that's what's happening. I don't know. She hasn't said, but I think I'd probably suggest a lot of test riding um, and you can go to different venues and you run through a test in a competition atmosphere. You can plat up and prepare as if it was a show. And then when you're there, if you feel your horse gets tense or goes lateral, then you can stop. You can work on it. You can go back to the test. You can pick it up and drop it. And I don't think people talk about test riding enough. And these sessions are so helpful because they get you and your horse in the atmosphere that you are in for a test. But you can train them in it. So if things go wrong, you can repeat it. And if things go right, you can stop and praise them. And they're so helpful for things like that. So 100% definitely suggest doing that. And I think the main thing with a lateral walk is making sure, to be honest, like with any mistake you find that you're having with your horse, is to make sure that every time you feel the problem happen. So once you feel that that walk changes from that nice four beat pace that we want, you correct it. And you either use the lateral work or the transitions or you get your contact back until you get that four beat walk back. Now, obviously, a huge important part of this is being able to know what it feels like. And I think that's kind of one of the big things that are going to be really helpful for Holly is to actually know when the walk feels lateral. And so to put it into words, then I think when your horse goes lateral, it kind of feels like the horse's whole left side moves before their whole right side moves. Almost like it kind of feels like you're riding a camel rather than a horse. And there's that swinging to the left, then swinging to the right feeling. But having said that, to be honest, if you feel that your horse becomes tense in the walk, that is the time to start using your lateral work, your transitions, you're pushing your horse into the contact, whichever works, because that's almost like your warning bell that something is going wrong before the lateral walk actually starts to happen. And if you can fix that tension before your horse goes lateral, that's the ideal situation, really. But yes, definitely lots of test riding or lots of competing and you can go HC, which means that your score doesn't go up on kind of the board. And then it doesn't matter. But it's getting that practice of you firstly learning or Holly firstly learning what it feels like when the walk is lateral. So you're able to correct it. And secondly, having the practice of being able to try out different things and different exercises to actually see what works because especially as he only does it at a show that's the only way you're going to be able to give yourself that practice so test riding go out to new arenas try to almost you're trying to search for places where the problem is going to happen so you're almost trying your best to find where he will get tense so that you're actually able to practice fixing it Let's move on to the second question then. So Grace says, 
My horse is incredibly lazy. I've been working hard with my trainer to get him more in front of my leg using loads of trot canter transitions. And this has had a huge benefit on his trot and his canter, which is now great. But my walk still feels like I'm having to carry him round. And in our last test, he nearly stopped dead halfway through our free walk. I know there's no issues vet-wise or feed-wise, as he now goes so beautifully in trot and canter. Do you have any tips or advice for keeping a horse forward in the walk? I'm going from sevens and eights to fours and fives, and it's really impacting our scores. Okay, so this one is all about training the walk. Because from what Grace has said, they've been doing loads of trot canter transitions, and that's improved the trot and canter, and that's great. Transitions, perfect for getting a horse in front of the leg. But Grace hasn't said anything about what training they've done in the walk. And I did actually end up messaging Grace to ask. And she said that the only time they've looked at the walk has been either in the test or when test riding. And it's just been about keeping the walk as fast and forward as possible and has meant that she's basically having to kick, kick, kick the whole time. And this is where we kind of all go wrong because... We spend the majority of our sessions riding transitions in trot and canter. And if you have this problem, I want you to think back to the last training session you did. And if I asked you to break down how much time you spent in each pace, I could guarantee to you that the majority of people would have spent most of their time either in trot or canter. And so... In a way, what do we expect? Of course, the trot and canter is going to come on more quickly because we spent more time training it. So it's about dedicating the time in our training to actually teaching our horse how we want them to walk. Because for most of us, we use the walk as a walk break or at the beginning and end of the session. And let's be honest, the majority of us are not thinking about the quality of the walk. We'll be thinking about what we're having for lunch or what else we need to do that day or we'll be chatting away to a friend. And then suddenly we're in a test and wanting a good quality walk and then we're getting frustrated that our horse isn't doing what we're asking of them. When really 99% of our walk time with our horse has been spent letting them wander around and yet we're questioning why they think it's okay to amble in a test. So I think a big part of this is on us as the rider and trainer of our horses to be a bit more disciplined with ourselves to give time in our session to actually training the walk. And I have a rule that if if my hand is on the buckle and I have no contact, my horse can wander because realistically, it's good for them to chill during a session. It's nice for them to have kind of a rest and it doesn't have to be go 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 all the time but then when I do have a contact whether that's in a free walk or a medium walk or if I'm doing an exercising walk my horse needs to be in front of my leg listening to me and responsive and I'm not going to lie to you getting your horse like this is going to take time but lots of transitions and they can be walk halt walk trot trot walk halt walk and lots of leg yields and walk, which is going to get your horse reacting sideways. And just the same if you were in trot or canter. If they don't give you a good reaction, 
give them a big kick and show them you want them forward. I feel like that's been a bit more of a lecture than I initially planned it to be, but it is super important. And I think every person I know, myself included, always think about the walk last. And I think if you've got a horse with a really good walk, it's very easy to get a bit lazy with it and just leave it. Um, but it's so beneficial to work on the walk in your training. And doing those transitions will have huge improvements to the walk. So I hope that was enough and that kind of answered Grace's question. I'm just going to read it back. Yeah, I think I think the main thing is the walks are getting fours and fives because he's being lazy and slow. And so we need to teach him to be forward and in front of your leg in the walk. The best way to do that, those transitions, and just dedicating that time in your training sessions to actually getting that walk more forward. Okay, this one is from Jenny, and she says, I'm looking at buying my next horse. I've had an advanced schoolmaster for a long time, and he has been amazing for teaching me the ropes. Now I'm looking at a young horse to buy to bring on myself. I know that I can train the trot and that I need a good walk and a good canter. I feel confident that I know what a good canter looks like, but I'm less confident on the walk. Do I want a big walk? Do I want a small walk? Do I want lots of shoulder action? What should the hind legs look like? My trainer has said that I need a four beat walk, but I'm not quite sure what that means or looks like and feel a bit silly asking. Any help will be greatly appreciated. I have spoken to your mum about some horses you have in and I'm excited to come to try some with you soon. <laughs> okay, so firstly, thank you for thinking of us and I'm sure I will see you when you come to have a look at our horses. Um, for those of you that don't know, my mum runs Foxfield Dressage Sales in Hampshire and I'm involved quite a bit in the kind of running and training there, so little shout out to them and our amazing horses that we have but um yes yeah, so Jenny's totally right um when I look for a young horse I look mostly at the confirmation firstly um their breathing might play a little into it but not too much for me I know it does for quite a lot of people um there's no right or wrong really um and I look at the walk and I look at the canter generally the trot is the easiest to train to be better um you can add in some suspension you can add in some engagement and you can make it look pretty nice without the horse having a huge fancy trot to start with it's less easy to do that in the canter it's even harder to do that in the walk so yes look at the walk in the canter is a good idea also confirmation is a big one for me but i feel that's kind of for another episode so a good walk then like we spoke about in the previous kind of few questions, we're looking for a four beat walk. And what that means is that the horse is going to place each foot down into the sand individually. So it's going to put one foot down, then the other, then the other, then the other, making four beats in one kind of stride. Rather than the trot is a two beat pace. So the horse is going to put two feet down at the same time and then the other two feet down, which is going to make two beats per stride. Canter is three beats, um, gets a bit more complicated, which means they put 
one foot down, then two feet down, then one feet down, making three beats per stride. I hope that makes sense. I always find it quite difficult to kind of explain that. It's it's a lot easier to kind of see it. So go go have a look at a horse's walk, trot and canter um, and think about when those feet are being put down and picked up um, and it will kind of help you to kind of click what you're looking for. So aside from it being four beat then, we then want a kind of balance between their body being able to move so they should swing as they walk and you should see the muscles along their back and bum working. It shouldn't look fixed, it shouldn't look tense, it shouldn't look tight across the back because that's all going to tell us that we might be looking at either some suppleness issues or some kind of throughness issues. Or thinking back to the last questions we've had, we could possibly be looking at a possible lateral walker later on. But you also want to make sure that all this swing and all this suppleness isn't going to result in a horse that you're going to struggle with to keep straight. So if you find that the bum swings in, the bum swings out and it feels really disconnected and you don't feel like you've got that hind end into the contact connection, that's something to be aware of too. It's something that is totally changeable. But if you don't feel like you can actually change that and you can create that connection and that contact and that you can get that balance between the straightness and the swing, that's maybe one to avoid. I think a big, big thing, though, when you look at a horse, especially when it's being ridden by someone else um, that's not you, is you've got to take into account how much influence the rider is having over that horse. So if the walk looks tense, but the riders holding onto the reins for dear life and pulling back with all their might and kicking at the same time, you might get on and feel that they're actually really supple and have a really nice swinging walk that's really rhythmical and actually quite nice. So if you like everything else about it, do still go and have a sit on as you might find you're able to get a better tune out of it than that rider is. And it's not it's not a case of being snobby or thinking you're better than anyone else. It's just that every rider has different strengths and weaknesses and what might be one person's weakness might turn out to be your strength. So when you sit on a horse that you think might not have a good enough walk, it's also quite a really good idea to think about why. Because if you find it doesn't take the contact and you think that you could improve that, the walk is then going to improve because of it. Or if the horse is quite lazy, but you find that you're very good at getting a horse in front of the leg or you feel quite comfortable with that, then you could end up with actually quite a great walk. So definitely think about the effect the rider is having on that horse and also why the walk doesn't feel great to see if actually it's something that you could work with and do something with. When we say look at the walking canter first because you can change the trot, it's not to say that you can't change the walk. You just can't transform the walk from being, let's say, if a horse has a naturally tight, tense, lateral, stiff walk, if it's naturally like that, you're going to struggle to change it. But if you have a horse that's tight and tense because of the rider, you could change that. If you have a horse that's slow and inactive in the walk because it's lazy, you can change that. 
So it's about working out what you feel you are actually able to change and what you feel is kind of more ingrained and possibly even confirmational in that horse. Now, the final thing then is thinking about how big we want the walk to be. And again, it's a little bit of a balance because we want to see relaxation and we want to see swing and we want to see an overtrack, yes. But if Grand Prix is your aim and you buy a horse with a humongous walk, you're going to have a hell of a time trying to get that horse to compress enough to PF. To be honest, even walk pirouettes or just the collected walk is going to be hard with a horse that has a huge walk because they just don't walk like that. And that's, again, where it's very easy to have a horse with a big walk that you start to compress where tension then creeps in and you end up with a tense lateral walk because you've had to tense the back up to create the short compressed steps rather than actually compressing the back and the body. So it's all about balance. Relaxation and suppleness, yes, but with straightness. A loose shoulder and an overtrack, yes, but with the ability to compress and collect that walk too. Also, while I'm here, when we're talking about overtrack, what it basically means is that your if you look at a horse and the way they walk, look at where the horse places its front leg and then look at where the horse places its hind leg on that same side and if you see that their hind leg actually steps in front of the position the front leg was then you've got an overtrack but like with everything in dressage we always want that happy middle ground so there you have it three questions on the walk three very different problems but i hope you found something in there that was helpful for you if you enjoyed this episode then please do share it if you can tag us and let us know what you think or what you've learned or what you've taken away from this episode and what you are putting into your training you can find us at decomplicating dressage on both instagram and facebook and again if you have any questions about what we've talked about today you are more than welcome to send us a message too thank you so much for listening guys and i will see you next time ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns